Hey, what's good, Jazz fans? Welcome to the 2023 NBA Draft live stream. This is the live stream that took place Thursday night between myself, Josh Roberts, McCade Pearson made an appearance later on in the show. We had uh, Mark from Twitter's draft board up throughout the process. And uh, I'm putting the audio in here in two parts. You'll see the first part, which takes us up until our second pick of the night for the Utah Jazz. And Josh and I, we break down all the picks, react to how the draft unfolded, talked about strategy, talked about fit with various players. So if you're a fan of the draft, you kind of want to see what took place and how we reacted during the draft that night, this is the place for you. So without further ado, let's jabber jazz. Jazz fans, hopefully everybody uh, can hear me. Right now it's just me solo, but here upcoming, uh, Josh Roberts and Mark from Twitter will be joining me. We're going to be going over the NBA draft. Guys, it's finally here. Holy cow. It has been a marathon getting up to this point. Um, if we kind of think back about it, when the uh, when the Jazz ended up trading all their picks or all their players and ended up uh, landing all these picks. It was kind of a real excitement to get to this point. Josh, welcome, man. Good to see you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, man. Welcome. Let me know How's it going, Adam? Oh, it's going great, dude. We're finally here, baby. We're finally I know, here. Right? <laughs> all the way back from the first time we did this in December. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, we've we've done months of preview podcasts, uh, talking on Twitter for months now, and uh, even when those uh, that lottery night hit, combine, all these different pivot points up to this point, and we're now here, Commissioner, given the opening address for us to get going. Man, it is so exciting. Oh, I'm nervous. So, any uh, quick predictions for me, Josh? Um. I'm really hoping that the Jazz make a trade with Detroit at five. Um, yep. I don't know if I have yep. any predictions. I mean, everybody's been reading what's going on online, social media all day long in terms of what's out there. But that's what that's what my hope is. Um, others have predicted that the Jazz are going to kind of throw um, curveball at us. Um, I would be fine with that too. Maybe something a little bit unexpected that we haven't hashed out, but. I have no idea what to expect, honestly. Yeah, it uh, the last 24, 48 hours have been just the craziest thing. Back and forth with two and three, Scoot and Brandon, and then just this crazy shuffle from Cam, Jarris, Hendricks, Anthony Black, Kobe Buffkin. Is he going eight? It's crazy stuff, man. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what's smoke and what's real. And so I'm ready to get to the picks here. Yeah, so San Antonio's now on the clock. Uh, hopefully, you're tuning into the actual draft broadcast uh, here in the background, so you kind of get that same feel as we are uh, as well. But we're going to keep our draft board updated here as we go through. We've got Josh's top remaining uh, five, top five remaining players from his big board, that of myself and Mark whenever he's able to join us. 
And as we go through and make these selections, uh, we'll be able to see the, the full draft board and what's kind of left over as kind of an ideal top five remaining for the, the three of us with our boards. So do you think they're going to wind down the clock all the way here? Um, it it kind of feels like the biggest anticlimactic pick ever. But. Yeah, that's not necessary, right? We know what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think it was Bill Simmons and uh, on his podcast was saying they'll, they'll probably wind it down to the three-and-a-half-minute mark. But we're, we're pressing <coughs> that right now, and the uh, commissioner hasn't quite exited yet. But uh, what's, your, what's your kind of feeling at two and three as, as we kind of wait here? Um, that's the big question, right? Everyone's the last, I don't know, probably six, seven hours. Everybody's been looking at the Vegas odds and stuff, seeing who's going to go where. I honestly think they should go scoot. Um, even though I think Miller would be fine there. I think that's what Charlotte should do. Um, but again, no idea. Yeah, it's it's crazy because for a second there, Windhorst and others were reporting that, oh, Brandon Miller had this awesome, awesome workout, and uh, now he's going to go two, but then he kind of ended up running his mouth a little bit. I don't know if that actually influences anything, but uh, then all of a sudden the Vegas um, – the biggest odds start flip-flopping all over the place, so it's it's going to be really, really interesting. Yeah, I thought originally they said that Scoot had had a better workout um, and Miller wasn't as intense as what I thought I was reading, but yeah. it sounds like they brought them both back again and Miller had a great workout, but I don't know, man. I mean, I it's a coin toss. I don't know what they're going to be able to decide with those workouts at this point. It's just they got to figure out who they're going to go with and it's hard, right? Nobody has a crystal ball. Nobody knows who's going to turn out to be the better player, but yeah. I would lean scoot in that regard, but well, I, and what's so interesting, I don't think you go wrong with Brandon either. I, I observed you and a handful of others. And I tried to adopt this over myself towards the last couple of days, ended up just kind of stopping our boards and, and, and trying not to be too reactionary to all of this crazy news. And, and it was frankly smart given everything that kind of transpired. Uh, but it is a little wild to me, thinking back about it, that teams could still be this up in the air or, or perceived to be this up in the air, you know, hours hours ahead of the draft. Right. I think it's all smoke. That's That's been the most frustrating thing with me and all the Cam stuff is like, and you know that I've loved Cam. I jumped on here very first time. I was so high on Cam back in November and December. Yep. And I think people finally started getting on board with Cam, and he was pretty much top five consensus within the last month or so. And now we're hearing all this stuff that, oh, his medicals are coming out poor, and he's falling down boards, and the Jazz don't like him, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, this is just smoke, man. Like, we need to just get the draft going. Like, Cam is – he's a freak. I think he's going to be awesome in the league. People are just saying whatever at this point. And so we got to have him make the picks. Well, there's kind of an interesting development going on here. The pick is in, so says the, the video board on, on the draft broadcast. Uh, but Victor Wembanyama, his family, everybody's kind of looking around going, what, what, what's kind of up here? Um, it, it's some pretty interesting stuff, frankly, that, uh, that one of the more obvious picks that you've had in two decades. And everybody's kind of here on pins and needles wondering what's going on. Danny must have traded for the pick. That's what's taking so long, Adam. Oh, man. <laughs> you know what? I don't even know if I could handle it. <laughs> oh, man. 
So uh, they were probably just so running Victor, late. A, a lot of questions to him during this uh, this draft process um, as he kind of went on this media circuit. Frankly, he, he's you know interviewing with all these people, um, doing like the old man in the three podcast, all that kind of stuff. Uh, they're ending up asking, "Oh, do you need to bulk up?" And he's saying, "Why bulk up? I think people need to bulk down or skinny up." I think he said. Um, what, what are your kind of thoughts about Victor as he kind of came over, started doing all these? media circuits and kind of interviewing i feel like for a lot of people this is kind of their first introduction into kind of his personality and interviewing style yeah i thought i think it's been awesome the stuff with jj reddick was really good i mean somebody tweeted out on twitter they're like who who have you seen that has has stayed skinny that hasn't worked out in the league and i was like that's true i mean you look at kd you look at ingram and like you look at these guys and it's like they bulked up some but it's like they're not big dudes right that's just i mean they they play to their strengths with kind of what their size is and i think that's pretty much what vic's gonna have to do too with his frame i don't know how much bulking up his body is gonna allow him to do but the biggest thing that I've found or probably the most interesting thing from all the interviews is how much he's been pushing the Bilal Kulabali stuff. Like yes, hard. reading like how he's like comparing him to a man and a SAR and like their size and athleticism, how he's saying he's a better shooter and they're deemed as top five picks. And he thinks that Kulabali's better and should be. And I'm like, wow. And I haven't, I haven't really bought in so much to the Kulabali hype stuff, yeah. but that's been interesting. That has been that has been super interesting, and the pick is in, and uh, Wembenyama off the board, as expected. Uh, Wembenyama Rama, the alien, has arrived. All all of those cliches. Uh, what a player! Um, just just incredible plays, offense like a wing. Plays defense like a big, uh, you know, secondary rim defense, primary rim defense, uh, seven four, eight foot wingspan, two hundred thirty pounds. I mean, the dude is. I mean, as I went through my evaluation that I do with everybody, it kind of felt useless, honestly. But as I went through it, kind of went through the categories, it feels like almost every area I was putting an eight, nine, or ten um, out of ten on my evaluation. He's he's just a spectacular talent, and it's it's honestly a bit sad that he's ending up in the West. We're gonna have to. I'm thinking we're gonna have to go through this dude for uh, for a good decade or more. I'm so excited to watch him, though. Man, just oh, like yeah. when Luca came over, I, I can't wait to just see him out on the floor and watch watch him be great. Yeah, he's, he's going to be spectacular. Spectacular. I, I, I love watching these prospects stand next to Adam Silver, too, because Adam Silver's a tall dude. <laughs> and you're seeing Victor Wembanyama, And Adam Silver's barely up to the dude's shoulder. <laughs> this is incredible. It's crazy, huh? 30% from three. So as we mentioned earlier, Josh has Scoot Henderson two, Brandon Miller three. I've got it flipped. Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson. Uh, just a quick aside about that, as uh, Charlotte Hornets will be on the clock here soon. Um, I actually have them rated out as an 8.3 out of 10 on my uh, metric scale um, across all these categories I've talked about on the podcast already. And ultimately, they're, they're pretty much tied. So I kind of went Brandon Miller just given the size, position, a touch more valuable. 
but ultimately they occupy the same tier for me. And how I've kind of gone, gone about tiers is saying, um, if I put a group of players in a tier, that kind of means that I'm, I'm comfortable and, and pretty confident that the average player in that tier will be better than the average player in the tier below. And that the players ordered in the tier don't really matter. It's kind of up to personal preference, but I couldn't be confident long-term that either would be better than each other long-term. Uh, what about you? How do you kind of go about um, you know, defining tiers? What do tiers mean for you? Order within tiers, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I kind of threw out tiers a little bit towards the end. Um, but I, I agree with your overall assessment. I mean, the biggest the biggest tier that's been debated is kind of that third tier. You got Vic on his own tier, right? And then the second yeah. tier has pretty much been debated between Brandon and Scoot. And then that third tier, I think, is where all of Jazz Nation has had a lot of their debate, right? That next, what, four through nine-ish type guys. And there's been some divide there with, with me, with you, with Tony, with other people. Some people have um, different guys slotted in there towards kind of the back of that tier. Some of us, I almost kind of feel like that, tier three has been divided in two for me where the back end is maybe I could bump that to like a tier four or the front end of it with the Thompson twins and Cam and Jarris. Those guys kind of rose above um, the rest of the guys that were in that tier, like um, Anthony Black yeah. and Taylor Hendricks that are kind of in there. So others don't feel that way. They're all in the same tier. And to your point, they, they all could end up having similar careers or being similar level players, but I don't know. At the end of the day, the whole tier stuff is just like, I mean, take Brandon and Scoot, for example. I think, I don't think it's super likely that like in, in terms of going forward that they stay in the same tiers. I think there's going to be mm. some separation like Brandon or Scoot's probably going to be able to, to separate themselves. Maybe one guy ends up just being a solid role player for 15 years in the league. Maybe one of them is a four or five time all-star all NBA guy. I wouldn't say which one. Cause I, again, I don't crystal ball. I don't know, but kind of the same thing with the next tier, that tier three especially where it's bigger. I just feel like the outcomes are so wide. I don't know how much value the tier, the tiers are nice to kind of categorize them in this setting with the draft and big yeah. boards and stuff. But in terms of like projecting and seeing how they're going to turn out going forward, I just feel like, I don't know. I, I think there's going to be, some of those guys on that tier might not be in the league in three or four years. Some of them are going to be guys that are in the league for a long time. Some of them, I think, will be stars. But it's just like, I don't know um, who's going to be what. But when we look back in four or five years at those tiers, like we always do with the draft, right? We're yeah. going to be like, how did we put these guys in the same tier when they're not? Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, I kind of think of as, as soon as they're drafted, throw away the tiers because, as you said, you know, probability-wise, you know, these guys are going to go off in all sorts of different directions uh, as far as their career kind of turning out. Uh, and just kind of watching this broadcast, Victor Weminyama getting super emotional. One of the things that has become abundantly clear um, over this this year and to many others a lot sooner is that this dude cares so much about the sport 
about making this uh, this dream a reality. That's why he went to Metropolitan's 92. It was perfectly crafted to get him to the NBA. And so, you know, seeing him get emotional, see his family kind of supporting him, it's pretty cool because as, uh, as Bill Simmons and others have kind of pointed out, not every big man, not every person who is tall and been successful at this game is passionate about the sport. But I think he comes off as very passionate and very um, invested just at a personal level. Um, so it, it is pretty cool. <laughs> and seeing the uh, Victor Wembanyama uh, tattoo and, and haircut <laughs> for this dude with the Spurs is weird. No, I agree. That's that's absolutely what you want to see is people that care. And, and like I said, you, you hope he can stay healthy. You hope he can be great. Yeah. Yep, Charlotte's on the clock now. The Per the... The broadcast, the pick is in, which means we'll wait another five minutes or so to get the uh, actual result. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's hard not to look at social media and see. I'm trying to like not like cheat, but at the same time, same time, see if there's any trades or anything going on. Yeah, yeah, it's really Here it tough is. one. Wow. Brandon Miller goes off the board to the Charlotte Hornets. So that that last kind of little bit of smoke that we heard earlier today um, was just that. You know, uh, Scoot Henderson, I think, is a tremendous prospect. Uh, someone actually brought up a pretty decent point on Brandon Miller earlier that um, or and Scoot Henderson. The the point was that. Um, that the GM and the coach each have one or two years left on their contracts over in Charlotte. And so it could very well be that Brandon Miller was the more obvious and seamless fit, the one that could more likely translate to immediate uh, success, and that that could have influenced the messages that uh, Nick Kupchak and uh, Steve Clifford were kind of giving the ensemble who was uh, evaluating these players and kind of uh, trying to influence towards Brandon Miller. Don't know that for sure, but that was an interesting theory that uh, I was exposed to. Maybe. Now I feel like things get really interesting because I feel like with Scoot, the obvious choice at three now, I think teams are going to be more interested to send a package for to Portland, whether yeah. that's for Scoot, whether that's for Dame. I don't know if they necessarily would have had the same um, draw with Brandon Miller to, to make a trade there, but it'll be interesting to see if, if anything happens here. Yeah, especially New Orleans. They, uh, they've made it pretty public, their infatuation with Scoot Henderson. It was always a little they, – they were talking to both the Hornets and the Blazers, reported that neither were really interested in moving off their pick. But now that you know Scoot Henderson is available here at three, and we know that Portland has a big motivation to surround um, immediate productive talent with Damian Lillard, I kind of wonder if, if the New Orleans right now is just throwing a haymaker offer, their best offer right at Portland, see if they can't uh, catch them in kind of an emotional time. What do you think they should do, Adam? Do you think they should make a package and move away from Dame and rebuild with this great pick? Or do you think they should package the pick and, and try and surround Dame with talent, like with Ingram or Zion or something like that? Yeah, personally for me, I, I do think it's it's probably time to move off of Damian Lillard. 
Um, I think at this point, he came off a really good year, even though, uh, you know, there was some load management and, hey, <laughs> Dane, we kind of want you to sit. Even though there was some of that, he had a fantastic year. I think his value is super high around the league right now, despite his um, super high contract. But I, I get it. It's tough to be the one who you know gave away the best player your franchise has had it's tough to say no to the guy who's saying i want to stay here and i want to win just surround me with the guys but there's a level to where are there the guys and i kind of think at this point you draft scoot henderson you move off of dame and it doesn't have to be right now during the draft you can kind of court your way all throughout the summer um but i, I think you you do move off dame and uh you all i also think you kind of transition away from uh anthony simons i think his contract's uh fair enough and he had a really good shooting year last year that I, I think you can get good value from him um but that way you totally clear the runway for a scoot and uh shade and sharp backcourt and i think they could be just so prolific yeah, I agree. I think that's what they should do. We'll see here, I guess, tonight or in the coming weeks what they do. But. It's been interesting the the pressure Damian Lillard has kind of started to apply. He's kind of gone on a bit of a media tour himself, um, podcasts and, and other uh, distribution platforms. So it is kind of interesting that um, – it is pretty interesting that he has started being so vocal about this because I feel, feel like all the whole bill with Dame for so long has been that he that he's really kind of respectful, just kind of put his head down and, and do what needs doing type thing. But it does seem as though lately that's uh, kind of taken a small turn. So Portland's pick is reportedly in. Uh, on the broadcast right now, Bobby Marks of ESPN is kind of going through some of the various options that we just kind of broke down uh, for the Portland Trailblazers. Um, it's it's really really kind of an interesting situation that they're that they're in front of. Um, really, I think most people have kind of identified that the draft kind of starts at four or five, probably five, given that uh, all the reports are suggesting that Amen Thompson is going to be going at four. But uh, it's, it, there's a pretty clear number three pick right here, and then uh, likely Amen Thompson at four, though we have uh, some, some small differences in our boards. Yeah, I agree. And it'll be interesting to see if so you said the the draft starts at five. We'll see if it starts with the Jazz or um, well, let's hope if Detroit so, man. just keeps that pick. If they yeah, keep that pick, so. and we kind of just have to keep playing the waiting game. So Adrian Wojnarowski said all along the entire. Well, actually, it looks like the picks coming in for the Portland Trailblazers. And Scoot Henderson to the Portland Trailblazers. A, a real obvious pick right there, given what kind of happened at uh, number three. Um, Scoot Henderson is a, an incredible, incredible player. And at, at minimum in the interim, I think it's great to surround him with Damian Lillard. You know, we'll see a lot of people 
siblings and his sister died and says, no, yeah, so I even suspect that Daniel Miller will really do anything, I guess, forward-facing or public-facing, kind of like a, a big trade demand immediately. Uh, most people aren't really even expecting that, but that it will, you know, if, if it happens, it kind of happens, you know, slowly and, and not very publicly, which is interesting. That's one thing that I've always respected about Dame is he's super classy. He's really professional, even with all this media stuff that he's had to handle for so long. Yeah. Like, that's why the city of Portland loves him. That's why those fans love him, because he's so loyal. And <clears throat> and if he does get moved, I think that that's not going to change. He's always going to have a special place there. That fan base is going to love him forever. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a it's – a... I mean, we us here in Utah, especially us up in uh, you know Weber County, who have been around Weber State, uh, have a a very small you know portion of that. We we can totally understand you know Portland's uh, you know love and infatuation for him, um, and how it's reciprocated even to his alma mater. It's really really impressive. Uh, really quick, back to uh, Brandon Miller. Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted all along the entire Charlotte Hornets organization has been all in on Brandon Miller ownership front office scouts coaches they see him as a perennial future all-star player so yeah it's it's really really interesting that uh that um that they're so in on brandon miller i'm really fascinated to see if this turns into a bagley trey young luka Doncic type situation where the better player was the obvious one all along and um, yeah yeah. That's kind of that's kind of the vibe that I'm getting here with Scoot and Miller, but um it's going to be like I said really fascinating to kind of see how their careers um pan out, what happens going forward. Yeah, usually this discussion of best player available or fit. I think at this stage in the draft, it's all about best player available just because that's 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 what can scale and when you're dealing with these level of prospects you know, that, that's what you want. Later on in the draft, I, I do think that there's opportunities where, you know, a certain player gets uh, gets on a sp- specific team and they just can or cannot shine. And um, Like Jimmer? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Jimmer ends up in a wrong situation. Uh, Laurie Markkinen ends up in, in a poor situation, takes a little while to develop. Uh, but then you see someone like Desmond Bain, you know, fills a perfect need for what uh, Memphis wanted and ended up and, – and the team really kind of uh, thrust him with a lot of responsibility and, and that he was able to handle. So it is really interesting how later on I think fit plays more of a role than here at the, at the start of the draft. Yeah, to your best player available point, it's funny because looking up here, Jay Billis's best available is mm-hmm. Cam Whitmore. So I'm interested to see yeah, that is interesting. how how close his board or his preference end up being, or yeah. if all the smoke that we heard about medicals and stuff, if Cam's going to slide here. So it'll be really telling because either he's going to go four or five, or if he doesn't, supposedly he's going to fall. So we'll see yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. So who you got up next? You've got the Thompson twins leading with a sore Thompson um, on your big board. I actually have Jarris Walker, Cam Whitmore up next, and then uh, Mark, who uh, hopefully will join us a little bit later, uh, has a men and then a sore Thompson. So all all reports all today were Amen Thompson to Houston. So what what are you thinking about that fit? So. 
I like it if Harden doesn't come. Yeah. To Houston. <laughs> if Harden and it sounds like recently this week, it sounds like he's gonna resign with Philly. I never really understood the whole leaving Philly, going back to Houston with the team that they have in place right now with Harden. That has never made any sense to me. Yeah. Um so as long as Harden stays in um Philly, I love the fit with the SAR. He's their point guard, he put the ball in the, in his hands. I mean, Jalen Green, it might be a weird fit there with him where he's kind of a combo guard, but it might I – don't, I don't think it's really going to be that big of a deal. I would put the ball in a men's hands, have Jalen play off of him. You've got um, – do they still have Sangoon or did they trade him? Am I thinking of one of our mocks that we did? Yeah, I think you're thinking of a mock. In which yeah, I, they, uh... still got, they still got Sangoon there. And so they got really good young players. I like the fit with the men there. Yeah, I, I like the fit with Green. I think it's good for Green to have the ball less, frankly. Um, I think the IQ that a man will bring to Houston will be really, really valuable. I do wonder how they um, – because Shen Goon, I mean, you want the ball in his hands too. So I'm curious kind of how they how they do that. Um, I wonder if they uh, – um, I wonder if a man is – is is kind of uh, able to kind of command the early offense or kind of the early transition type stuff, and they really rely on his athleticism, speed, handle, passing there. But when it gets kind of later in the shot clock, half court, I wonder if they uh, uh, or off of a, a make or a free throw or something where the defense is really set. I wonder if they. Um, try to use him kind of off ball and let Shingun kind of operate from the free throw line type stuff. So do you, do you think a man is the best fit um, out of those guys there? Do you like Jarris or Cam better in Houston? I do like Jarris in Houston quite a bit. <laughs> that is where he went to, to school, but primarily uh, they are missing. Um, they are missing someone next to, um, someone next to Shangun who can uh, provide some rim deterrence. Jabari Smith, I think, can have some secondary rim impact, but I think he's best suited kind of on the perimeter, being long and, and adjusting shots on that front. So I do think Jairus Walker would provide a lot of good stuff, um, especially defensively for, for Houston. But again, I, I don't think it does enough to take the ball out of Jalen Green's hands, frankly, and... and uh, and I think for his personal development, Jalen Green's, and for Houston's long-term aspects, probably would be good to get a lead ball handler in there. So, oh, it looks like uh, the pick is in for Houston. There it is. Yep. So no surprises yet, right? Yep. It's uh, outside of the question mark that wasn't that was you know semi-certain, uncertain at two and three with Miller and Henderson. Everything's gone uh, fairly according to the reporting. Um, and now things really start. Um, here we go, oh, right? Yep, here we go. And what's what's so interesting as Detroit uh, starts to get on the clock here at five, the Jazz, as Josh uh, mentioned earlier, the Jazz have reportedly been uh, interested and had discussions with Detroit um, and, and discussed frameworks about a trade up from nine to five. Uh, with the intent of either selecting Jairus Walker, Asor Thompson, um, 
or some reports say Anthony Black, some reports uh, say Cam Whitmore. What's interesting about that one is that we've learned in previous uh, situations that what happens exactly tonight in this moment isn't isn't a one and done perfectly. Yeah, meaning that, that we could see plenty of movement after this draft night um, as as things kind of unfold in the off season. Um, True. And and after especially after the immediate pick, um, I kind of famously was very very disappointed when the Jazz selected or when Denver selected Donovan Mitchell at 13th in the 2017 draft. <laughs> I was I was very upset. Only to what was it 45 seconds later, maybe a minute. Uh, it was reported the Jazz had traded uh, for that spot, and then I was as happy as a clam. So, you know, it's it's really going to be interesting to see if now or later or never, you know, a trade uh, of some sort kind of happens. Yeah, that's always the fun thing about the draft is you almost can't even, like, even it, say that nothing happens and we wait till 9 and the Jazz pick somebody we love at 9, yeah. Like it, you almost can't even celebrate the pick, right? Because you don't know, like within the next five, 10, 15, whatever minutes that they announce a trade and you're excited that the jazz drafted that guy, but he's not even going to be on your team. So <clears throat> that's always hard to, to kind of gauge and, and I don't know, figure out how to react because yeah. there's still a lot of uncertainty even after these picks are in. Yeah. yeah so it's... I guess we'll see. Yeah. But five here is really the, the start of where we can start talking <laughs> strategy, not only for the Jazz, but where other teams are kind of going as well with it. Uh, for Detroit, what do you kind of think about their, their needs, um, the current roster construction that they have, where they might want to be going here? Yeah, so I was just looking at Twitter, and one of their beat writers, reporters, was saying that they're targeting a SAR with this pick. Mm, okay. Um, and you know my feelings about Asar. Yes. I've all, I've been very high. I love Asar. I think he's the better defender of the twin brothers. I think he's the better shooter. Um, I would love to have him in Utah. I think I think Asar would fit great um, in between Jaden Ivey and Cade Cunningham in Detroit. I mean, the nice thing about Asar is he's played next to a elite, amazing ball and hand player in his brother. And so mm -hmm. he, I think he transitions perfectly next to Cade and Jaden Ivy can play off of those guys really well. Um, I wonder as others have mentioned, if his ideally his best spot is, is more of a point guard, more of a ball in hand guy. Cause then that takes a little bit more pressure off him in terms of having to develop his shot, having to be a good to an average shooter. Like, like in a men's case where people aren't worried about that as much because he's a ball in hand guy. And so yeah. I wonder if that potentially that's kind of where he reaches his ceiling, but if he can develop a little bit, um, his jumper, I think it's a great fit there with Detroit, but I think Detroit's in a good spot. I mean, all these guys are going to be good fits at this point. I think cam is a great fit with them. Mm -hmm. I think Jarris is a great fit in Detroit. Like they honestly could pick any of those three guys. Um, and I think, move forward with them and be happy yeah i think the one that super likely but a men sliding to orlando would have been a tough fit that was like the one fit that didn't quite make sense in this range just because orlando already is devoid of shooting and they already like uh, franz wagner and uh, paolo banquero to have the ball 
And then you got several point guards who can't shoot and want the ball too. And so that just would have made things tough. But if Asar slides to uh, to Orlando, if Orlando goes with Taylor Hendricks, hopefully, um, uh, or, or or any of these kind of permutations, I think it, uh, it it'll work out pretty well for each of them. So it looks like the pick is in for Detroit. Just waiting on it now. Asar congratulating his brother Amen on the pick. Pretty awesome. How cool would that be if they went back to back? It would be cool. I mean, they've been mocked back to back for, I mean, really up until maybe two months ago. They started kind of seeing some separation sometimes, but it feels like for most most of the time, this draft class has actually been talked about. Feels like they've always gone back to back. Early, I thought that was just kind of out of laziness, but. And I, I don't feel like it's been talked enough. I feel like that's rare. I mean, I know we've had like bunch of sets of twins in the league but i don't think they've any of them ever ever gone back to back yeah i feel like there's always kind of been a a consensus best player among them and i know theoretically we've kind of had that in a men but based upon their mocks that hasn't been the case yeah Yep, there it is. Yep. There he goes, back to back. Way to go, that's, these two. That's Way to go, cool. these two. Yeah, that's very cool. <laughs> it would have it would have been kind of cool to see you know them both in the same conference so that they would have you know faced off against each other a lot. Um, when the Mark Keith Morris brothers were uh, selected, I believe they went to different conferences too, um, but then ended up on the same team in Phoenix. So. But uh, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be fantastic. They're gonna be such fun players. Now we just gotta wait for the next ten or fifteen minutes um, for when they announce the Jazz just traded and we have actually gotten Asar, not Detroit. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. I, I would be I would be so so pleased with that. Um, Come on, man. I, I had him ranked sixth on my board, but again, those those rankings in that tier three that start with Walker at four and then Hendricks at 10, that set of six players for me was ordered based on preference, you know, empirical preference. That's, you know, pretty subjective on my part as honestly an amateur, uh, you know, uh, draft uh, analyst, but, uh, but you, you get any of those. Uh, I, I'm going to be, I'm going to be pretty pleased. And especially if you get someone from that top half Walker Whitmore or a sore, Oh man, I'm just gonna be so happy. Any of those guys are just gonna fit so so well with the Jazz. Agreed. And so now we got another interesting injunction. Does Orlando take Anthony Black? Do they way overshoot and take Grady Dick here, or do they just mm-hmm. do they take best player available and the two guys that we love in Jarris or Cam? Yeah. So here's let's here's see. one of the. Uh, so our, our, our good friend Jazz Jargon, Spencer on Twitter, uh, kind of had a question earlier, I think it was yesterday, uh, what is kind of like your surprise pick that nobody's been mocking? And one of them that I suggested was Kobe Bufkin, 6 to Orlando. Ooh. Totally solves all of the problems of, of somebody who you want to shoot, you want to defend, but does it actually need the ball all the time? And then they end up cleaning up with Grady Dick at 11. I, I think that makes a lot of sense for Orlando. They, I mean, we've been hearing top eight buzz for Kobe. Uh, that was one interesting one that I had kind of thought about. Might be too early. 
Um, might be a I, bit controversial, but I think there's some sense there. I think I agree with you. I think it is too early too, but it does make a lot of sense. It would be really interesting to see. But that's that was the other thing that I was going to bring up to you is who who jumps into this group? Like, who is it going to be? Is it going to be Kolobali? Is it going to be Buffkin? Like. I'm really fascinated to see. I'll, I'll predict here. that it's one of those two. It's it's not just going to go chalk. As, as you can see on our boards here, we have you know various permutations of Walker, Whitmore, Black, Wallace, and Hendricks for the upcoming five. And I don't think it's going to be that in some order. I think either Kobe or Bilal jump into this group. I think so too. Um, but that's also going to be good if we didn't trade up with Detroit <laughs> yeah. because somebody's going to fall, right? Yeah. But and then I have to brace myself. I can keep myself composed on camera. But if Cam is there and we don't take him, I might not keep we might, myself we might composed. Float. I might put my fist through this iPad. Yeah, <laughs> I I would be devastated. I, I I think we were talking about it with you know a handful of people of how of that at that point, given that those medicals came out two days before the draft and then suddenly the day before the draft, oh, it's no big deal anymore. And all that, like, if he slides to nine, yeah, I, I will be livid if we don't slide to And I'm, I'm hoping that all this this master plan is Danny. It's yes. all coming yep. from Danny Ainge, mm-hmm. Justin Zanuck, all the smoke about Cam. And yep. He's been we, in the kitchen, kitchen burning all sorts of stuff, creating all sorts of smoke, flooding this place. Yep, yeah, he's the one that's making up all the medical nonsense and stuff. So we'll <laughs> yeah. see here. Yeah. So it looks like the pick is in for Orlando. Just waiting for the commissioner to come out and uh, and share. Um, a lot of talk about. I mean, we've had a lot of talk about uh, Charlotte, Portland, maybe being open to trades. At one point, Houston was interested in trading. Detroit was a popular trade candidate. Orlando has these two picks. There was thought that they might try to trade up for Scoot. Uh, so far, been pretty uneventful, and here's the commissioner. Oh, they did it! Wow. Okay, so then wow. the rumors are true there, right? That yeah. The Jazz were going to have to trade up if they wanted to get Anthony Black. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that is a little bit surprising to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we had heard the rumors just recently. Um, we had heard that Orlando liked Black. They were targeting him and that if the Jazz or others wanted him, you'd have to get to five or six. It happened. Again, this isn't the most natural fit. I don't think it's terrible, but again, it's not the most natural fit given where Orlando's strengths and weaknesses are. Right, and how many guards they have, that might mean that – I mean – Granted, we're still super early. Maybe Orlando trades this pick, but yes, this yes. might mean that Suggs is on the move, um, Cole Anthony's on the move, uh, Markel Fultz is on the move because they've got a lot of guards now. To your point, yeah. but so now what we need to what now what we need here is for Taylor Hendricks to go to Indiana, right? Because if yes. Hendricks goes to yes. Indiana, we're gonna get Jarris Walker or Kim yes. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh, that would be that would be huge. And it's been reported that Indiana likes. Hendricks and Walker about the same. There were some reports that Hendricks had a slight lead, um, but it does seem like 
that one of those forwards is, is going to be the pick for Indiana. Uh, yeah, really, really hoping that it's Hendricks here. Yeah, um, Hendricks wh- or Grady Dick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then the Jazz can trade up with Dallas and they can get both. They can get Jarris and Cam. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I, I was actually daydreaming about that at work earlier today. I'm like, what if we got both those guys? That would oh, be awesome. Man. Yeah, that would be incredible. Um, what if Orlando ended up taking Kobe Bufkin at 11 and uh, they got rid of two of the three guards that you mentioned? I'd actually feel pretty dang good about uh, about Black and uh, Kobe together. I actually think that's pretty. Uh, oh, yeah. A pretty good fit. I think that would that's a nice thing about Anthony Black. I mean, I've been pretty critical of him all year with his jumper, but yeah. With his size and his skills that he has, he can play pretty much next to anybody. Yeah. Like you could slot him yeah, you could slot him next to Buffkin. You could slot him next to Case and Wallace. Like you could slot him with any of these really good guards that are up here in this next spot. Yeah. I think you can play with any of those. I mean, and he could even play with anybody that's on Orlando's roster. It's just that I don't know if they need all four of those guys. They're going to find playing time for them. They're going to pay them, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think Anthony Black is super compatible with pretty much most rosters, most guards. Yeah, really, really curious to see what kind of deals they swing because at this point it does feel inevitable that uh, at least one of those three guards for Orlando gets moved. Uh, they're interviewing Anthony Black right now, and um, – He's got his younger brother there, I assume, and it's almost like a mirror image of Anthony Black. Got like the same hair, um, even down to the, uh, uh, even down to the, uh, you know, dyed little bit of blonde in there in their fro. It's pretty funny. That's cool to see. Yeah, yeah. Wonder if that dude is gonna be uh, uh, in draft conversations in a handful of years. Right next in line. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I do, I do like uh, Anthony Black to to the Jazz. I think uh, Black and and uh, Abaji, you know, are a pretty good pairing there. Uh, even Black and Sexton, I think, is really really nice uh, pairing. Uh, Sexton, but um, he can uh, he he's improved so much off ball. I, I think that's actually a pretty dang good pairing. Um, Again, okay, so a lot of this we can't really say that definitively that they're going to these spots because of how how much uh, how many rumors have kind of been in the mill. So I'm I just cheated. I just saw Sham's tweet. I'm not going to say anything, Adam, but you're going to be really happy here. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Let's freaking go! Oh man. <laughs> Go, Bilal Koulibaly too. Oh man, that that is huge, Josh. I cannot tell you how big it is. We're getting uh, that Bilal Jarris, went baby. to seven. We're this is huge. We are getting Cameron Jarris. Oh, this is just beautiful. Oh man, this is a beautiful thing. Oh, this is a beautiful thing. And um, honestly, I wonder, honestly, I, I think. Go I ahead, honestly sorry. think Kobe Buffkin could go eight to to Washington. That's what I was there's been all say. that buzz. Because they wanted Anthony Black, and so I wonder if Buffkin goes here. I the Jazz need to get both, dude. They need to get Cam and Jerry. They need to get they both. Got to trade with Dallas here. They're both. They need to there. get both. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, we were talking about what would be an A plus draft. None of us mentioned Whitmore Walker back to back. That would oh be my insane. Oh man, I would love that. Uh, let's Except- talk Bilal for a second. Oh yeah, 
Except now I'm starting to get really nervous because this is setting up so nice for us. Are they going to totally just throw a curveball that I don't want here now? This is what I'm starting to get. Oh, you mean a trade trade up for Anthony Black giving up I Jairus just mean Walker. not take Jairus or let's say oh that let's just gosh. say Washington takes let's say Washington takes Jairus. I'm not uh, prepared. Say for that this. we're not going we're not that lucky, but then they pass uh, or vice versa or they say they take Cam and then the Jazz pass on whoever oh, of the gosh. two is left. Oh my gosh. That's what I'm getting afraid of. Oh, that would be just awful. That would be terrible. Um, what okay, if they let's take talk... Kobe Bufkin? What if what if Jairus or Cam goes here and the Jazz take Bufkin at nine? Listen, I like Bufkin, but again, he's separated by a tier for me, and there's a good eight spots draft difference for me. Jairus Walker is the guy I've kind of ridden throughout this whole process. He's the guy that uh, I most prefer. Um, out of the realistic options, Cameron Moore <coughs> second Excuse on my preference list. Man, man. Uh, let's talk Bilal here for a second. So okay. there was a lot of talk about how he was moving up, and there was a lot of talk about you know Bilal at nine to the Jazz. You know Bilal twelve to Oklahoma City. You know he's like the prototypical Toronto guy. <coughs> Um, and he goes all the way up to seven. Uh, Victor Wembanyama standing his guy, got him up to seven. And uh, what, what are you thinking, Bilal? This dude, frankly, kind of came out of nowhere once he got promoted from the junior league. And I get that all the measurables, the age, everything is ideal. I get all that. Where, where do you stand? I mean, I think I'm totally opening – open to being wrong on on below oh yeah like yeah. i've been lower i had him like 18 19 stuff like that um everyone's can he could be baby Giannis. like he's got Kawhi's measurables yada yada i mean that's a little bit too much for me but i mean these are nba scouts um they watch and study and are way more connected than we are and they could absolutely maybe indiana just hit a home run with this kid maybe he does yeah, just turn yeah. into something really special I, I'm fine with it. I think we're both fine with it because we've been watching our two guys that we love all year long and Cam and Jarris. That, that's mm-hmm. what we've been dreaming about and what we've been wanting. Um, and sure, maybe in three or four years, we're like, well, Cam and Jarris or Jarris didn't pan out. However, we took him Bilal as an all-star. Um, but I just... Oh, that's the so Pacers much are, the, the Pacers are training back. With Washington, trading one pick back. Okay, so that's that's fine, right? Because that doesn't yeah, affect yep. anything here. So they wanted him. Wow, the Wizards get yep. Bilal. Yeah, the Wizards wanted him. Uh, looks like the Pacers get a little bit of value back. Um, I was. Did you hear about what they this. get back? Uh, I, I didn't quite hear it from Wilge. We'll have to keep a pulse on Twitter. But uh, I was really stoked about this outcome because I didn't believe that Washington had any interest in Jairus Walker. Um, and I haven't really heard a ton of uh, Cam Whitmore buzz to Washington either. But now if Indiana is really selecting eight, I think they have a lot of interest in Jairus Walker. So this will be will be pretty interesting, interesting kind of wrinkle here. Uh, don't quite have the details yet. Uh, have you heard from Shan- um, from Woj? Dang it, I just saw who the pick is, so I saw that. Let me see. Um, I'm not going to say anything again. We're going to keep this this way. Any 
I'm not seeing anything on details there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so nervous for the Jazz pick, man. Oh, are they going to screw this up? I've got a bad feeling they're going to screw this up, Adam. Man, ah, jeez. <laughs> oh, man. This is why we live stream stuff because, oh, my gosh. I can't imagine sitting here all by myself doing this crap. If the Jazz do not take the, the other dude that's available, I'm going to yeah. be upset. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be furious. Okay, here's the pick. Okay, do you hear that, Adam? Yep, Jairus Walker. My so guy is gone. gone. So that means oh. that the, the, the smoke was real. It wasn't smoke. Cam legit slid, and he is there for yep. the taking. One he of legitimately my slid all yeah. year. Yeah. And are the Jazz going to screw this up? I think they're going to screw it up. Gosh dang it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, they go if They, they go do not take Cam Whitmore. They go Buffkin. They go Wallace. Not saying that those won't turn out to be good players, but – Man, I think that there is a a prospect with the ideal ceiling here, and it is and it is Cam Whitmore. He's he plays the position. He's got the skills on both sides of the ball. He's the athletic profile that you want in a superstar. He has the pedigree all the way back in high school and in the recruiting class to college. He's got all the makings of of that uh, of that guy. Man, I love I love Jairus Walker, but I, I will be more than more than fine. So so happy if the Jazz just if they just make the right choice here. They have to. It's obvious. I so to try and take my mind off the Jazz screwing this up. I think that Jairus is an absolutely perfect fit. Oh, it's in it's perfect. Yes, I love that fit there um, with Miles Turner with Halliburton. I think he's he's going to be a stud there, and Indiana just got an awesome. An awesome player in Jairus. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I think it, he is everything that they hoped the Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis pairing kind of would have worked out. But DeMontis Sabonis, he, he just wouldn't shoot from further out. He needed the ball a lot, and he wasn't defensive-minded. But Jairus Walker, he gives you a lot of the passing that Sabonis was able to provide. Uh, he can shoot and is more... Uh, interested, I think, in shooting, especially from the corner, than Sabonis uh, was. Uh, and he provides so much more, so much more defensive uh, capabilities. Not just rim rim de- uh, deterrence, but he can also switch and, and really attack closeouts and recover pretty nicely. Uh, yeah, I think it's an excellent fit. This was, the, this was the team, the Indiana Pacers, who worried me this whole time about taking my guy. And I legit thought we, we had him. Darn it. But all will be forgiven if the Jazz here at number nine do do what they're supposed to. So so intriguing. Oh man. What's the what's the scuttlebutt, Josh? It's not good. Are we really it's, passing on this dude? It's not good, Adam. Oh geez. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I oh cannot believe gosh. this. Oh man! Well, hand it, I mean, you got to hand it to the Jazz. This at least they're consistent. Here's here's what uh, here's what we're thinking. What we're thinking now oh is that gosh. the Jazz were close on some deals to move up. 
for Osar. Couldn't quite swing it before before the draft is, is kind of what I'm thinking here. Oh, man. Now that's looks like the pick is in here. for the Jazz again. Um, pretty, pretty obvious where we want to go here. Cam Whitmore, six on Josh's board, five on mine. Mark, uh, his six. But then there's other guys, Taylor Hendricks, Kaysen Wallace are, are the next couple of guys up here. There is a there is a bit of a, a pick gap here. And and you know, I should clarify that Kaysen Wallace and Taylor Hendricks, they're still in this tier with Cam Whitmore for me. They're just far down on the preference list. Because I think right now the biggest thing we need is we need star potential and that's most closely associated with self-creation and Hendricks and Wallace haven't demonstrated self-creation to the extent that you'd be confident in them having the uh, star upside but uh, but they do have strengths each of them and uh, I can't say confidently that long term after their rookie season that uh, that Cam Whitmore is any better than Wallace or Hendricks, uh, or vice versa. I can't say confidently that uh, that that wouldn't be wouldn't be possible. But um, given this is right now, oh man, I want Whitmore to the Jazz via trade because it's not going to happen right now. Yep, we got to get. I mean, I guess there's still hope. So theoretically, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, there's still hope. But theoretically, if what happens, like we fear, that he continues to slide, uh, where does he bottom out? Where's Cam bottoming out here? I don't know, man. I mean, he shouldn't be sliding, period. He's best place. He's best player available, like, every team now at this yeah. point. I, yeah. I would – if I was – us, I would be jumping for joy. I mean, they technically tried to tank right at the end, and in my opinion, they could be getting the third or fourth best player in the draft at ten. Gosh, yeah. And so my nightmare, I... my nightmare is that he falls to Oklahoma City at twelve. Oh my god! <laughs> of course, that would be our luck. Um, the Spurs oh win the gosh. lottery; they get Wembenyama, and Oklahoma City gets Cam clear down at twelve. Gosh, jeez, Louise! Oh man, this is wild stuff. Wild stuff, everybody. And uh, it's a Taco Bell commercial, so the Jazz are going to make their pick now. I'm thinking. I gotta just stay off my phone at this point. This is. <laughs> yeah, I've I've tried to just uh, you know stay away. Um, yeah, and... I gotta stay away. <laughs> uh, so looking here at the uh, YouTube chat, it looks like. Um, yeah, it looks like, I mean, everybody's saying Cam Whitmore or Taylor Hendricks, basically. Um, those feel most natural. I think Cason Wallace is a fairly good bet to slide. I would love if he slid to 16. I would be ecstatic yeah. if he slid to 16. That'd be fantastic value for the Jazz. And they need a point guard. I mean, support, yep. at least up to this point, Asar is off the table. Yeah. Um, Anthony Black's off the table, barring trades, right? And so, yep. Unless you just you're not a, a Case and Wallace fan, and you absolutely love Kobe Bufkin and think that he's your point guard of the future, I guess there's an argument to be made there. But either guy's going to be great value at 16. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. On honestly, any of those point guards, at least one of those point guards, should be available at 16. Um, curious about uh, the Keontae George. We're seeing him on your board at 12. Um, he's your fifth top remaining player. He's one that has been rumored to Toronto at 13. But even more importantly, he's somebody that has been rumored to be pursued by the Utah Jazz in a trade-up, um, likely from 16 in combination with 28 or, or a future selection of some sort. We'll see what ends up happening with Keontae George. But here is the commissioner with the Jazz pick. Utah Jazz are on the clock. The pick is in. Let's go back to not who I would have gone after. Man, I can't believe we passed on Cam. Like I think I think Hendricks is gonna be a really good player. Uh, I think he's got a real high floor. I don't think he addresses our primary need though. And it's a need in self creation that gives you the best chance of being the best team when it matters. In self creation. Yeah. I mean, he is a really good fit. Just yeah, in a vacuum, yeah. if this does be, if this is the fit or the pick, and he doesn't get moved, or we haven't already done a deal, I mean, you add a ton of defense, you add a ton more length, right? He gives mm -hmm. you, he can space the floor out for your bigs because he's he's a really good shooter. But yeah, that's the huge thing that's missing, and that's why we like Cam and Jira so much more. Is like there's not a ton of playmaking. There's not a lot of self creation here, at, at least at this point in Taylor's game. That doesn't mean that he can't develop that, but he's yeah. just so far behind, in my opinion, Cam and Jarris in terms of being able to make plays for his teammates, being able to create for himself. That's that's yep. That's just what Jay Bellis is saying right right here. He's primary catch and shoot guy, and that's what he yeah. is right now offensively is a guy or a rim runner. Yeah. Now, what I one of the things that I loved so much about Jairus Walker, and I wanted him for the Jazz. Some of that does still apply to Hendricks. I think Hendricks can moonlight a little bit at the backup five position. He does provide excellent rim defense uh, and can do some switching out onto the perimeter. Uh, I think a, a trio front court of Markinen, Kessler, and Hendricks uh, is extremely, extremely solid. I think that's a front court of your future. Uh, I think that is about as good of a uh, defensive front court that you can get um, to combat Victor Wembanyama, um, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, Anthony Davis. Any of these guys, I think that trio presents the best recipe for for um, you know defending those types of teams. Agreed. So what yeah. is uh, but. Oh, and you and you get a, a three-point threat out there, and so in a sense, I think this spells doom for Kelly Olynyk's long-term uh, fit with the Jazz. It's not for sure, but I wouldn't expect him to be on the Jazz after the, his uh, contract upcoming. I think by then Taylor Hendricks will be ready for uh, at least some spot minutes at the four in the starting lineup, or to be you know one of the primary guys right off the bench. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, again, you got to really hope that his playmaking can develop, though, because essentially you're kind of switching to completely different players, right? Olenek doesn't give you any protection at the rim, but what does he give you? He's a playmaker in the post. He can run offense for you, and you're not really getting that with yeah. Hendricks at, at, at this point. And so you're, you're, you're kind of switching out two pretty different 
big. Um, mm-hmm. But you're absolutely right. I mean, if they're gonna, if this is the pick for tanking as Hendricks, then yeah, I mean, they're gonna make a pretty big commitment to him. <clears throat> and he's, I mean, especially over Olenek, he's gonna be it going forward next to the to Walker and yeah. to Larry. So it looks like the Wizards got a 2028 second from Phoenix and a 2028 Washington Wizards second for going for moving down one pick. So two seconds. So two yeah. seconds to go from seven to eight. Not bad value. Yeah. Not bad value. It's just a little bizarre. Yeah, um, I agree. It's just a little bizarre from both standpoints. Clearly, Indiana wasn't picking Koulibaly, at, at least from a Wizards standpoint. If you're in those conversations, you know that the <laughs> Wizards, you know that, that Indiana isn't picking Koulibaly. You know that they're going after Jairus Walker or Taylor Hendricks. So it's bizarre to me that they would, give up those two seconds um now they have just seconds for days but i don't know it seems bizarre that they would it is kind of weird trade in that in that light you're right and uh and i'm really gonna hold it against them for the rest of my life probably for giving me giving me hope uh for jairus walker at nine to the chest oh man so um are you hearing this? They just made a trade. Oklahoma City is trading with Dallas, and I think Dallas is going to pick. Or I guess I won't say the pick, but there's been a trade. Oklahoma City's moving up to ten and taking yeah. Dallas's pick. Yeah, and it uh, looks like Dallas is sending Davis Bertans. So they get off of Bertans' contract, sending him to Oklahoma City, um, and it costs them basically a uh, two spots in the draft that's actually better value than i thought that they would do i thought they would have had to go back a lot further to get off of bertans that's pretty interesting uh but yeah now uh now dallas is more than set up to uh, or excuse me now oklahoma city is more than set up to snag cam whitmore one interesting thing is if Cam fell to 11, would you like him with Orlando given their roster makeup now? I mean, best player available, I mean, you bet on that. But if you just think about fit and all that, like, that's an interesting one. They just added Anthony Black. You know, Paolo Bancaro loves having the ball. So does Franz Wagner. Um, it's an interesting one. I mean, that would be... I mean, hilarious in a sense, but it still make me sick. Like they literally passed on Cam at six, and they could still get him at at eleven. Oh like that's that's flipping insane. That'd be terrible. But yeah. Imagine if Oklahoma City um, or Dallas just traded back to twelve, and they still get Cam. Like this is getting absurd in my opinion. Like any iteration <laughs> at this point now is just insane. Whoever is going to get Cam, this is yeah. like. I, this is insane. I mean, like, we really need to see what the medicals were when all this crap comes out. Because sure, it's yeah. just like, I mean, did they find the only thing that I can think of? Like, Cam had his finger thing and, he, like, not a major injury. He didn't have any, like, ankle, knee stuff. Like, he's been working out for teams this whole draft process. My, my thought is that maybe he had, they found, like, a heart problem or something mm. more serious. Like, hadn't yeah. picked up on before and Cam didn't know about, like that would be the only thing that would make sense to me. Yeah, this is extremely, extremely reminiscent of Michael Porter Jr. a handful of years ago and, and how far he slid. But it looks like Cason Wallace to the Orlando uh, – excuse me, sorry, no. Cason uh, Wallace okay, see. to 
uh, OKC uh, via Dallas's pick. Excuse me. Um, one interesting thing here is that right before making that selection, the commissioner an- announced the trade that took place between Indiana and Washington. But he started by saying Indiana is trading and my heart leapt for a half second hoping and then it turned out to be just the trade that we already knew about so, <laughs> that's great <laughs> i love i love the fit with Kaysen next to shea i think oh, it's, they've it's got impeccable. instantly probably the best defensive backcourt in the nba in my opinion you got shea who's a great defender you got Kaysen. um i love the fit here yeah so they've so they've got dort and shea at, at the starting um, starting backcourt, or or if you think Giddy is kind of the two there, that uh, depends on your viewpoint. But and then you got Casey Wallace, this guy with just an impeccable floor backing them up. Oh my gosh, I just I just love that for them. It's so Casey didn't. Um, that was a little bit of smoke because there were yeah. there was some smoke there that Casey was sliding. How far down is he going to go? And yeah. he's. I mean, we're pretty much chalk here, right? Except except for Koulibaly, yeah. Koulibaly and Cam are really yep. – everything else is, has gone as expected. Yep, yep. Yeah, it has. Um, yeah, really, really fascinating. So, uh, yeah, Dallas going back just two spots for getting off of Breton's contract. I think that's a heck of a win. That's not only going to make things way easier to snag Irving – but uh, I'm not sure what exceptions that they have available, uh, if it's the mid-level um, or uh, or the taxpayer mid-level or something like that. But getting off of Breton's long-term money and uh, freeing things up this season make it so much easier to grab Irving and then you know make a, uh, a smaller free agent signing. Curious to see who they go after at 12 now, too. So... Sorry, I'm I'm like an addict on crack. I can't say off. The draft's getting really interesting here. The next pick, you are not. This is completely out of left field. This, it's starting, Adam. This next it's one. starting. Okay, baby. It's starting. It's so, starting. So okay, but anyway, I don't want to get too much off of that because I hate to be that guy. I'm terrible. I'm sorry, but so now no, no, yeah, no, hope, we'll, we'll we'll keep it pure for the the viewing audience. My only hope here is that Cam slides freaking 16 at this point, like, or the Jazz have got to trade up and get him at like 13, 14, or whatever. Like, that that's this is the only hope that I have left. If they can get Hendricks and Cam, they're 100% redeemed in my eyes. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, yeah, so Orlando now on the clock at 11 uh we've got outside of cam whitmore we, uh you've got bryce sensabaugh uh, you're a bit higher than him than consensus than keontae george i have hood shafino and buffkin uh after whitmore uh, as does uh mark those guys clearly aren't going to orlando given given what we know about their point guard situation and having just drafted anthony black so uh, just kind of looking at our boards, I think that um, that uh, Keontae George is is one of the more popular ones here, though he may want the ball more than is kind of uh, likely for them. But some of the other other pure shooters that are out there, uh, Grady Dick is a very popular one being mocked to Orlando. Jordan Hawkins is a pure shooter. Um, some of the some of the other ones, Jet Howard is a popular guy, though he's mocked 
quite a bit later uh, generally. Um, Bryce Sensabaugh, excellent shooter, um, one of your one of your favorites. Um, he's mocked quite a bit later. Uh, who who are you thinking is probably the ideal uh, ideal? Because I think at this point they got the player they want, and now they're probably focused exclusively on uh, on fit. You're talking about Orlando. Yeah, I'm thinking so. I mean, Grady's been slotted here forever, right? Yeah. Like this. Oh, yeah. If if it's chalk, if it would have been chalk, that's exactly who would go here. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'm not going to spoil anything. I get the one spoiler well, that the he, I'll give. Yeah. Okay. Yep. This is Spencer Wixom's his guy right here is going to Orlando. Jet Howard. Oh man, Jet Howard to Orlando. So that one is interesting. They do go with the shooter. In my opinion, they go with the shooter that has more self-creation abilities, uh, more kind of uh, east, west, north, south abilities than uh, Grady Dick has. Um, doesn't I, I think he's a little bit worse defensively than Grady um, and definitely worse defensively than Jordan Hawkins. But uh, heck of a talent, Juwan Howard's son, as they're showing here on the broadcast. Uh, what, what do you think about this fit? This one is, this one is out of left field. This, to me... I don't know if the Cam Johnson pick by Phoenix is like a great comparison to this. I think, I think you're right. Yeah. Jet is a little bit different than Cam coming out of college, but to me, this is a really risky pick. This, this could work out really well and Orlando could look brilliant here or yeah. this. I feel like this one could burn them because I think Jet's defensive concerns are real. I don't know if I, I mean, granted Grady had defensive concerns too. And so maybe they're like, you know what? We kind of see him as sixes, but Jet has more offensive tools than Grady does, so we're going to go with Jet here at this pick. Maybe that's kind of what they decided with the workouts, but I think it's a risky pick for Orlando because I'm kind of leaning towards this this burning them a little bit. This this one is is really interesting. Like I I think he's a great standstill shooter. Um, I think he can also shoot off the dribble some too. Not as good as Jordan Hawkins, in my opinion. Uh, I don't think he's as good a standstill shooter purely as Grady Dick, but he's got all those offensive tools. And, yeah, um, interesting. If you put him next to to Anthony Black kind of in this spot, it's it's an intriguing combo from a, from a defensive standpoint. I think it leads you to be a little more susceptible than some of these other pure shooters would have been, uh, especially Hawkins. I really, really like what Hawkins showed his defensive habits I thought were sound. And it was mostly just because he was uh, small that uh, that I, I thought people kind of got the best of him. But I, I think that translates to an average defender. I really do. I yeah, I agree. Position, at least I think that was the the. You're right. The knock on Jordan was his 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 frame is really frail and and mm-hmm. thin. He doesn't have a lot of strength. Excuse me, There's a lot of strength there, and so maybe there were some concerns. But I just feel like Jet has like. People always like really are critical of Bryce, like on the defensive end, and I would maybe even venture to say that Jet has got even more work to do than Bryce does on that. So there, yeah, you're yeah. basically getting two I would agree. polar yeah. opposite players of each other in AB and Jet. One can <laughs> shoot, one can't. One can defend, one can't, and they're like the opposite of each other. Obviously, yeah. different positions, but interesting. They are a big, big team now. Yeah, they are a big, big team. Anthony Black, Jet Howard. Um, both plus plus size for their positions. Franz Wagner and Paolo Vancaro were already big for their positions. Then you had Wendell Carter Jr., who wasn't the prototypical 
What, what you doing here, Josh? Give me some hand oh, signals. I just, no, sorry. I'm just playing with my face. I, oh, that sounds I'm fine. I'm <laughs> just listening to this interview. I think it's it's cool just to see Jet Howard up there. Or it is Howard, pretty Jawan cool. Juwan Howard up there. Juwan, yeah. Son. It is pretty cool. Yeah, father-son duos are cool, especially when, you know, their names you kind of recognize, the, you know, the connection of, you know, Jet playing for his dad there at Michigan. Re really intriguing stuff. Um, but yeah, Orlando's a, a really, really big team now, and uh, and I'm really excited to watch them. They're going to be so intriguing. See if Paolo takes some some leaps. Um, see kind of how that black and uh, jet pairing kind of works out. Do they have enough defense? That's going to be some interesting stuff. Yeah. So Dallas no, I agree is with on you. the clock now at 12. Um, most. Often we're seeing mocks suggesting that they are going Derek Lively the second out of Duke. He's been very, very popular mock to them. Uh, I had originally made a trade on behalf of Dallas in one of our Twitter mock drafts in which I went back to 16 to uh, select Derek Lively the second. Um, uh, but it's pretty clear, I think, that Derek Lively isn't sliding that far. Um, I kind of felt that he had a floor of 14 to the Pelicans, but there was just so much, so much noise about him going to Dallas at 12, um, who's, who's you know really being picked uh, for by Oklahoma City since they made that swap. What, what's your thoughts with Dallas here being picked um, on behalf of uh, OKC? Yep, you're spot on. That's exactly what they need. I mean, I don't like Lively this high, but they're – 100% picking for fit mm -hmm. um, with those rumors that have been surrounding Lively there to Dallas, but it makes sense because this draft is so thin at the center spot. Yeah. Um, and so Lively is kind of really the only option there and they've got to get some, some defensive help there for Luca. And so it makes sense. The one question that I kind of had is I wondered if it would have been prudent for Dallas to go back to 16 with the Jazz for example pick up 16 and 28 if Lively's there at 16 you go for it if not you target James Nagy at 28 and uh, and you pick up um, you know maybe like Leonard Miller at 16 or you pick you know some of these guys that end up sliding uh maybe like Grady Dick ends up being there still at 16 uh or Keontae George or Bryce Sensabaugh or something like that uh, that's the one thing that uh, may have made some sense but you know they got off of uh <coughs> they got off of uh of Davis Bertans which is which is a big deal for them yeah and so I mean they're already off to a good start in that regard to your point um but yeah we'll see what the pick shows here yeah clearly I, cam whitmore's not going to dallas he I better think. go to utah adam you better go to at 16 <laughs> oh my god th things would be forgiven you're absolutely right all would be forgiven um so we've got dallas uh who we're pretty confident isn't going after whitmore then we've got toronto who is extremely oh. extremely interested by all reports, that's a good Deontay fit, George. in my opinion. That is a good for, fit. 
for Cam because yes, it's like it if, the, for Cam. if the rumors of Siakam getting moved or OG or whatever, I, although the rumors came out today that Pascal is looking to stay in Toronto long term, but I mean, there's been rumors surrounding OG forever. And so right yes. there, I mean, that makes OG Expendable, easier yeah. to trade from there for, for them. So this, that's, I think the biggest, the biggest, the first big scare of <clears throat> Yeah, um, the Jazz missing out on Cam again. It's going to be Toronto. Yeah, Toronto. The other one being Atlanta right before the Jazz. I, I don't see New Orleans having exceptional interest just because I think some of the things that they want immediately would be provided more so from like Grady Dick, for example. Um, yeah. Uh, or, or even Kobe Bufkin, for example, if they wanted to. You know, I think they only got one year. No, actually, they extended with uh, they extended with uh, CJ McCollum, so he's got a little longer term there. But uh, Atlanta, I could see being very, very interested in Cam. They've already uh, reportedly restarted the annual tradition of uh, offering John Collins in trades. Right. They've already and he's got prob- that tradition he's started. He's likely probably gone this summer. And uh, and also. More rumors about um, about the other forward over there um, being discussed in trades as well, um, DeAndre Hunter. So that could start clearing some room a bit for for Cam if they want. So yeah, there ain't no way he's that. gonna make make it past both of those teams. Toronto and Atlanta. I don't think Cam slides past both of them. Now I think several people had mentioned that. Frankly, the Jazz have had some some deals on the table if they wanted them. And at least thus far, they haven't been keen enough to take them. But uh, the commissioner is now here ready to draft, um, making the pick for Oklahoma City on behalf of Dallas. Yep, there we go. Just as just as everyone had kind of anticipated, uh, this was a guy who, on my board personally, uh, was down at 22. Uh, I think he's likely going to be one of the better rookies this year, uh, especially with Dallas. I think he's going to prove to be really good right away. Probably have like the exact same season, maybe even touch better, since he probably gets more playing time early that Walker Kessler just had with the Jazz. And I think by the end of their rookie season, they're probably within 5% of each other production-wise. But again, again, the center position is one that hits for rotation player much more often than some of the other positions and is far less likely to hit to star potential. And so while I do think he could significantly outperform draft position at 22, for example, I still think that there's, there's for you know the average team, there's a lot more reason to kind of bet and gamble on some of these forwards and guards panning out and hitting to become a star, even if you know that Derek Lively is more likely to you know, hit and be a rotational player. I think going after some of the upside here in the lottery, especially, is more worth it. But I think he'll be a tremendous player, especially with Dallas. I agree. Um, he 
fits a he fits an immediate need there, and that's kind of an interesting point you bring up about Walker Kessler. It would, I mean, Walker was in a position where there wasn't as much pressure for him to have success, right? Because yeah, the Jazz were they didn't have ex- like Dallas. It's a little bit trickier because they have Luca and. To your point, they might have cleared a little bit of space and freed some up with the Bertans. Maybe they can they can add some more. Maybe um, Hardaway Juniors on the way out as well to yeah. kind of free up some. I wonder if Lively struggles a little bit more because of um, what their expectations are as a team with Luca and where he fits. It, it might be tough to, for him to come in and be successful, but. I mean, it's certainly possible. Luca's gonna Luca's gonna make it easy for him, though, right? Yes. Like Luca's gonna put him in good spots. Luca's gonna find him, like, and so that might even play more into his favor than um, than Walker, because Walker wasn't playing with a guy like I feel like. Well, I take that back. He was playing with Mike at the beginning of the year, and so that probably helped him a ton. And I think he vocalized that too, um, kind of the help that he had there. So. Yeah, that'll be interesting to watch to see if they have kind of a similar um, first year there. Yeah, but you, you bring up a great point. Luca is just on a, another level at the attention that he draws from people and his size and passing ability um, could just be absolute dynamite with this type of uh, an athlete and his you know physical tools. Um, Derek Lively, 230 pounds, 7'1", 7'7", wingspan. Again, the number one recruit into in last year's uh, you know college recruiting cycle number one player out of high school um he could be absolute dynamite from from day one with uh with dallas but now we got toronto on the on the board here it's gonna be an interesting one most people have you know mentioned that uh he's most they're, they're most kind of associated with keontae george um, who is somebody you have here at 12. Um, I think he occupies 15 on my board. Yep, 15 on my board, Keontae. So that one's going to be uh, really, really intriguing. Cam Whitmore continues to slide. You, Josh, had him at 6. I had him at 5. Mark had him at 6. And he's still available here at 13. Extremely, extremely reminiscent of Michael Porter Jr.'s slide. I think it was the 2018 or 2019 draft. 2019, I think. So Tony Jones just tweeted out that the board is is falling very, very well for the Jazz, and I think he's accurate here. I mean, Kobe Bufkin has not gone yet. Yeah. Um, Cam A guy Moore that was talked about in the yet. top eight, potentially. Yep. And so this is going to be interesting to see here if – I don't know. I mean, I wonder if, if Buff or if uh, George has been tied with Toronto, if it would make more sense for them to take Buffkin. Maybe yeah. they were thinking that he wouldn't be available there to take, where a lot of teams supposedly had fallen in love with him. But, again, some of this feels like smoke, right? Like, yeah, yeah. People were saying yeah, really Buffkin, he didn't go as high. The the Kulavali stuff wasn't smoke. The sure. Whitmore slide stuff wasn't smoke. But Yeah, Lively to Dallas, you know. <laughs> was kind of set in that stone, wasn't smoke like. right yeah but grady didn't go to orlando yeah um, that Bumpkin was surprising hasn't gone early so those two are sliding a little bit um those are the three that have slid the most right or that have been hurt mm-hmm. the most by how this has fallen is cam grady and kobe yeah so you have <clears throat> dick you have grady at 14 i have him at 21 mark had him at 20 okay so you how guys already had him he... sliding a little bit how yeah well it, it, 
you know, I, I didn't make my board kind of trying to predict what would happen in the draft, but more so kind of thinking like, hey, if if it were, you know, how These I are your guys, evaluated, yeah. you know, he probably would be sliding a little bit more in this tier four. But uh, but how far does he realistically go, though? I I honestly he, he might that, slide quite a bit now. Yeah, I I doubt. I don't know that he's quite a, a Lakers guy, but I could see that Miami or, or Golden State, they, they wouldn't let him go any further than that for sure. Well, I mean, we had talked – he might be a good fit in New Orleans still, so maybe yes, he hasn't necessarily sure. slid – he slid a couple spots. But, I mean, having CJ and Grady Dick on the wings in New Orleans gives them a yeah. ton of spacing and a ton of shooting. So mm-hmm. that might make sense there. I guess we'll have to see. But yeah, Okay, here's the, here's the first cam Toronto, hurdle. Yeah. If cam goes here, I'm going to lose it. Oh, oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah that I was is not expecting that. Well, I guess uh, the red sequin suit didn't uh, didn't give us any <laughs> hints. I guess. <laughs> Why did we not pick up on that? Uh, That's yeah, but so that one is. How that you point that out. Yeah, that one. It is shocking to me, frankly. That is not one I would have, you know, kind of pegged in a vacuum. That didn't seem like a, uh, you know, like a traditional fit. Again, I think they would have probably bet on more of like the upside of like Keontae George, or they would have liked maybe some like the defensive tools and athleticism that Jordan Hawkins kind of displayed. So this one is a bit surprising to me. So Grady doesn't end up sliding then, but he goes to a team that most people weren't weren't expecting so yeah Yeah. interesting and now we just got two more spots baby two more spots to worry about he's gonna 16 and they're gonna pass on him again i'm calling it right now that's exactly what's gonna happen but i mean i feel really bad for cam i don't know what's going on here yeah i mean we probably should just go with what you said kind of protect ourselves emotionally for for that outcome you know what's gonna happen you know he's gonna be there we're gonna pass on him (laughs) twice Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's got to be, like I said, it's got to be a heart problem because it's like Jay Billis has him as, he's had him BPA on his board for like the last 10 picks. Like, yep. Cam uh-huh. was, he got a green room invite. He's there. He's dressed up. Like, this is, yeah. this is strange. This is really weird. It is, it is very weird. Yeah. It's got to be heart. Um, I, I don't feel like we've, yeah, I, d- I don't feel like we've really ever, ever seen something because at least with mpj you knew about the back exactly and so that wasn't i mean it's yeah it's got to be heart lungs blood clot issues like it's got to be something scary like that where teams are just we're not going to but i mean the jazz are in a perfect spot here where they've already got their guy supposedly in hendrix which again i don't know how happy i'm about that so it's like i feel like they're in the position out of anybody Mm -hmm. they could absolutely take a swing on cam unless Yeah, the, the, the condition is so – I don't know, man. If it was that bad, it's like – I feel like it would have come out. Like, Cam wouldn't be – I don't know. He wouldn't even be there. Like, who was the yeah. one guy that had the heart issue um, from Baylor a few years back? It was like seven, eight years ago, and the NBA well, ended up hiring I mean, him. Do you remember? You're not talking about Jeff Green, are you? No, not about Jeff Green. I'm try- There was a big center out of Baylor. I forget his name, but he had – he had some heart issues and didn't hmm. end up getting drafted. And so I think the oh, NBA, okay. like they hired him because 
because that but i i swear that wasn't a surprise either like we had known about this yeah like it had come out and like literally nothing has come out this 100 percent shrouded in mystery people don't like his medicals and now he's sliding but it's like two days before the draft two days before the draft so weird and this may honestly be the poster child example for the new rules that are coming to the draft process where every player has to report to the combine and I love that medicals. change. Yes. Yeah. Every single team, every team will have the same medicals, same measurements and everything on these players. Uh, or if you don't submit to, to this process at the combine, you will not be drafted. You are not eligible yeah. to be drafted that cycle. So that's what's so like, this may be the poster child example for that scenario. Oh man! Um, of all the people to be, it's Cam Whitmore. I cannot I know. believe this. Yeah, like physical freak, athletic marvel, pedigree. Right. Like I said, one of the best players from high school, highly recruited, went to you know one of the most successful programs in college basketball of late, Villanova. Just completely um, dominated like USA basketball. Yep. Role too. Yep. And were it not for the thumb injury and, and frankly some some weird coaching and stuff that kind of happened after Jay Wright's exodus, like he probably would have even shown out more <laughs> at Villanova. Uh, also, I believe third youngest player in the draft behind Gigi Jackson, James Naji. Um, oh, and Dariq Whitehead, I think, is there too. Oh, I see just a touch touch younger than I him. think they might be the same age. I don't know, but yeah, right there with those guys. Let's see. I have Dariq Whitehead at 18.6 years old and Cam Whitmore. Oh, I guess uh, Cam is just a touch older than uh, than Dariq. But yeah, those, those are the four youngest players in the draft. Oh, man. So New Orleans on the clock at 14. Um, yeah, it's interesting. There was there was some some hot takey stuff uh, that kind of hit the news cycle about, hey, Zion Williamson won't be in a Pelicans uniform come Thursday, stuff like that. He's just a guy I think it's tough to to get a read on the value. I think the Pelicans value him far more than the other teams do from a trade standpoint. I think every team would love to get their hands on him, bring him into their team. But I think the the value gap of what you'd be willing to give up is where where people really can't just come to an agreement. Yeah, I, I would agree there. I think, I mean, I even threw out a trade scenario on Twitter the other day and and people like, oh, yeah, we'd absolutely do that. And I'm like, there ain't no way that New Orleans would do that. That's way too yeah. light for Zion. And then all these people yeah. like, oh, I wouldn't even touch Zion. I wouldn't give up a second-round pick for Zion. And to me, that's like – that's ridiculous. But oh, and McCade for, from the chat says Isaiah Austin, I think, is the Baylor guy you were thinking of. Yep. Thanks, McCade. That's exactly who well I was done, thinking buddy. of. But I'm pretty sure that we had known about that. Like that wasn't some mystery or like – it wasn't that he was sliding down forever because like nobody had known about the heart problems. I think that that was known. Um, but I, I mean, again, it's still so vague. I just read a tweet from Jonathan Wasserman. They're saying Mm -hmm. that guys are just like, it says right here, Kim Whitmore medicals creating all sorts of worrying. This has come back to haunt teams more often than not. And like, what does that even mean? It didn't come back to haunt Denver and MPJ at all. And so, and it didn't come back really necessarily to haunt 
um, Joel Embiid and the Sixers. I mean, yeah. people were saying he was going to be a bust forever with his foot injury, and he missed those two seasons or whatever, and then he won MVP this year. And so I'm not I wonder, really sure. Yeah, I wonder if they're alluding to situations where you you didn't know, similar to Cam, you didn't know until the late stages, and it may not have even came out to be public enough ahead of the draft. I wonder if they're alluding to kind of some of those situations where the general public may not know enough, but I don't know. I don't get it, man. Maybe. All right. Well, New Orleans, here's their pick at 14. Okay. That makes a ton of sense. Yep. I yes. think that's a great pick there. I mean, that's their next CJ McCollum, essentially, if they mm-hmm. move on. I mean, he just slots in there really well. And now we are to the point where I think Cam Whitmore goes to Atlanta. I think the- so too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess we'll see here. Yeah. Better just plan for it. Frankly, uh, I think outside of the lottery, like I, I think there's a stigma around the term lottery that gives more value than say the 15th pick uh, when, you know, in news cycles and stuff like that. So at this point, I think like Atlanta um, may just say, Hey, we're trying to move off from a couple of these threes and fours that we got, you know, we can trade them and feel pretty good about taking this upside swing. Yeah. Um, That's, yeah. Jordan Hawkins, though, is going to give a lot, a lot of support to New Orleans. They already have quite a few long guys and Herb Jones and um, and their their other guy, Trey Murphy, the third over there. Um, Jonas Valanciunas, you know, can can fire from deep a little bit. But, man, his movement shooting and I think his defensive habits and fundamentals are, are going to be just so valuable with them especially if 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 zion can get back on the court yeah if zion can get his crap together here like i think the only thing that would have probably made more sense than jordan hawkins to new orleans would have been rim protection so somebody or something but this is like the next best thing for them they have they have all the tools they have defensive monsters in alvarado and in um you just said his name, and I'm I'm blanking here. In Herb, yeah, oh Herb, yeah, yeah. Well, and even Trey Murphy's a great defender too. I think Ingram's an underrated defender. Like they've got defense there, they've got scoring and star power in Ingram and in McCollum and in Zion. Like, yeah, they're yeah. really their only weaknesses is maybe just a little bit more floor spacing and rim protection. And they're a very complete team, in my opinion. Granted, mm. Ingram and Zion got to stay healthy, but they have lots of really good pieces. Yes, yeah, they do. So Atlanta's now on the clock, 15. Um, this is this is such an intriguing team because they switched up the coaching staff mid-year last year, brought in Quinn Snyder. He's kind of remaking <laughs> Imagine if all... Quinn gets Cam. Oh, my gosh, I didn't even think of that, Adam. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah, seriously. Uh, could you imagine Cam turns into you know a top 15 player, basically like Anthony Edwards oh my gosh. with Quinn? My gosh. I would yeah, be super be happy for Quinn. I know a lot of people have been like really down on Quinn and like have already like dubbed Hardy the next Greg Popovich in Jazz Nation, but <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I love I love Hardy. I think he's gonna be great. 
although he hasn't proven anything, but I really loved Quinn. I liked Quinn a lot. I mean, he had inadequacies and he had some weaknesses, but certainly, yeah. I would. I want nothing but success for Quinn in, in Atlanta. And then him getting Cam, that would be like a dagger in my heart. We lose Quinn. He walks. He goes to Atlanta. He gets Whitmore, and yeah, they get basically the next Anthony Edwards. <laughs> yeah, that would be insane. That would be insane. But uh, yeah, they got so many inflection points because Trey Young. Uh, just continues to kind of be reported as a problem. Uh, You know, they just traded for DeJounte Murray, and he's going to be up for an extension here pretty soon. He's going to want big-time money. There's been trade rumors around him, too. Yep, yep. And then they have Onyeka Kongwu, who's a really, really good player there at the center position for them. So versatile, but has kind of been crowded a ton by Clint Capella. Mm -hmm. So I just had no real great idea where they want to go with their team like clearly the quinn move was trying to get on the right track long term oh also they totally shook up their entire front office brought in kyle corver they had like a father-son duo who stepped in to play a a much more active role so i i just don't even know with atlanta where they want to go um as we said, this is this is the perfect value play. You're out of the lottery. You can go for a high swing player without really, in my opinion, any repercussions long term from a uh, lose your job standpoint. And uh, Josh, I think you just may have spelled it out for me, man. We've been preparing for it, dang it. Yep. But no, sorry, to go back to your point that you're making in Atlanta, I think they're heading in the right direction. You're right. They've cleaned house with their coaching. Quinn just like has just established his whole coaching staff. They cleaned house with the front office. And I think we're gonna get a really good idea of what their direction is going forward this off season with the moves that they make, with this pick that they make right here. Yeah. And I think they're gonna have a much better direction going forward. Well, here's the commissioner with the Atlanta Hawks pick. <laughs> That's interesting. That's interesting. How do you like that fit next to Trey? Like, I really, I think, I think Buffkin is one of the the better of these guards to kind of go into any situation because I don't think he needs the ball a ton, and he's pretty solid defensively. Um, and if you just want to have him be kind of like uh, off ball kind of finishing plays kind of player. I think he can do that. But it's that's a really crowded guard line. That's a really crowded guard line. It is, yep. I wonder if it spells long-term Trey, you're out of here, man. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. So you were freaking out, and I totally thought you were saying that Cam Whitmore was going to uh, Atlanta, saying it but not saying it. No, I've already seen the pick for the Jazz. Is why I was freaking out. Oh, seriously? Oh man. Okay, so let let me see here. Let me uh, since you've already seen the pick, thinking through it here. Since I I would have probably said Kobe Buffkin would have been our pick, but since he's gone, I'd probably say. And if and if you're upset, it's obviously not Cam. Freaking heck. Um. I mean it's. Either Keontae or Jalen Huchifino. Um Probably thinking it's Keontae. I think there's been more buzz about the Jazz being interested in him. So I guess that's kind of my early, early guess. 
um, for who the Jazz select. But um, I don't know. What do you think of this this pick for Atlanta Buffkin? It's very interesting. Yeah, to your point, like, are they giving ultimatums here? Like, what is the message they're trying to send? And and sometimes, sometimes I think fans like read too much into that. Like, a lot of times, it's, it's a lot of these picks are just best player available, right? Like, they're yeah, not yeah. trying to send any message to anybody on their team or their direction or whatever. They're just that's who has fallen to them, and that's who they're taking. And I think that's great value for Atlanta, honestly. Oh, absolutely. Um, based on kind of his rumored rise in the last week. Again, I wasn't 100% on it. I kind of didn't buy the Buffkin rise because it's all been after the season's been over, after the tournament's been over, and, like, people are finally just digging into film. But it's like scouts and NBA front offices, like – aren't just digging into film like with this stuff like they have yeah. that's what their job is they they know who these guys are they've been watching them all year and so it was it felt weird to me but he was strongly rumored with the jazz with the, uh-huh. the last week or so and some people were even saying that yeah he could go as high as eight to washington so i mean he's about where i had him slotted but based on a lot of rumors that's really good value for them to get an eight nine ten type um big board guy at um, 15. Yeah. Yeah. I totally bought the rise from late first round pick to the, you know, right at this Mid. point, late lottery, yeah. you know, um, yeah. Middle of the first round. I totally bought that rise. Cause a lot of that was capping towards the end of the year when jet Howard started being out of the lineup, Buffkin started shouldering a ton more responsibility, but then after the tournament and everything, as Buffkin started rising, people are talking top eight. I'm just like, holy cow. This is like, I mean, it wasn't Bilal-level reactionary but because Bilal was still playing. But, I mean, it was, it was pretty reactionary, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. We hope you enjoyed that first part of the NBA Draft live stream here on Jabber Jazz. If you're ready for part two, just check out the ensuing episode right here in your podcast feed, which will take you through the end of the first round draft. And as is customary here on the podcast, we'll leave you with some sounds of jazz.